0: Welcome to the uh, program. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about what's happening in New Hampshire tomorrow and how that is shaping up. Uh, Ron DeSantis dropped out over the weekend. Donald Trump is uh, looking to sweep now. Uh, But Nikki Haley is still in the race. What's happening in New Hampshire? We'll tell you about that coming up in a minute. But first, the World Economic Forum uh, last week made uh, it very, very clear to all of the elites of the world and you need to understand it as clearly as they do. They have just put out a global risks report and it lays out the most significant risks and severe risks that we face over the next decade, five years and year. This has come out to say the number one thing that could destroy America and the world is mis and disinformation that is coming from unauthorized actors out of the mainstream trusted press we'll tell you about that coming up in just a second along with a shocking survey of who the elites are what do they actually believe wait until you hear this coming up in 60 seconds let me tell you about american financing first American financing is uh, a place that actually does business with you. They're not in business with the banks. They don't work for the banks. They don't take kickbacks from the banks. They work for you and they are looking for the best loan for you, whether you're financing a new home or you're refinancing uh, something because you wanna roll in your high interest credit cards. There's great news for homeowners right now. Interest rates have dropped and are now in the fives which is a lot lower than they were last year. And if you've been buried in high interest credit card debt, now is the time to break free. To be able to have part of your mortgage pay off that high interest credit card debt where you're paying 25, even 30% interest, you pay it at in 5% or 6% interest, you're gonna save a buttload of money and all of the interest you pay is now A tax deduction, where it's not if you're trying to pay it off because of a credit card. Mm -hmm. Consumers just like you, people that listen to this show, are now saving an average of $854 a month. You can also delay up to two mortgage payments, so check it out. The end is not near. Maybe a bright future is right around the corner after a phone call with American Financing. Go to AmericanFinancing.net. That's AmericanFinancing.net or call 800-906-2440. NMLS, one
1: 823 NMLSConsumerAccess.org. APR for the rates in the 5. Starts at 6.275% for well-qualified buyers. Call 800-906-2440 for details about credit costs and terms.
0: So there is a new poll out that was conducted on behalf of the Committee to Unleash Prosperity, which divided respondents between elites, people with at least one postgraduate degree, earning more than $150,000 and living in zip codes where the population density exceeds 10,000 people per square mile. And then they put everybody else in the general public, okay? So you had to have at least one postgraduate degree, $150,000 job plus, and live in a zip code that's high density, okay? Everybody else was not considered elite. They then recorded the responses of a subset of super elites and elites, Now, the super elites were those who graduated from the prestigious private universities, the Ivy League, Duke, Stanford, Northwestern, and that made you a super elite. Wait until you hear what they found. It's not going to come as a surprise, but 73% of the upper class, the super elites uh, and the elites consider themselves Democrats, and approve of Joe Biden's performance at 84%. So 73% of the super elites and the elites are Democrats, and by 84%, that 73% loves Joe Biden's work. Now that's surface level. Listen to this. 74% 74% of the elites and 88% of the super elites report their personal finances are on the upswing. Not a surprise, right? The bulk of those who remain say they're either unsure or they're getting neither better nor worse. Then there is just a negligible uh, portion of respondents to say their pocketbooks are getting lighter. Now, that's all in the elites, Compare that to the Americans more generally, the rest of the people in the survey that don't fit into those categories I just explained. It's hard to believe they're living in the same country. We are becoming more and more divided in our country with everything, with absolutely everything. 40% of Americans say their financial situation is worsening, and only 20% say it's improving. So those who are elites... They all say it's getting good. 88% say it's on the upswing. 20% of the regular people say it's improving. 40% say it's getting bad. Now, let's look into the rest. The class uh, disproportionately represented in positions of influence don't feel the same economic pain that Americans Uh, do the rest of us because because of that it makes them less likely to take steps that will alleviate your pain but will actually make things worse they're supporting biden because they're getting richer you're feeling pain so the elites don't see this as really a problem because they're fine a stunning 77%, uh, 77% of elites and 89% of super elites support strict rationing of meat, gas, and electricity. Let me say that number again. 77% of elites and 89% of super elites support strict rationing of meat, gas and electricity 72% and 81% would ban gas powered cars 55% and 70% would prevent Americans from engaging in non-essential air travel 47 and 55% believe the government affords Americans too much freedom. Holy cow. The rest of the uh, country doesn't feel that way. The the percentage of those who are not elites or super elites that would agree to any of those things is between 16 and 25 percent. 70 percent of elites double the number of average Americans and 89 percent of super elites say they trust the government to do the right thing. This is not a war against Republicans and Democrats. This is the elites versus everybody else. They don't see the world the same way at all. And I know this to be true. When you live in, let's say Manhattan, you're living in, if you're living, you know, anywhere near the park, you are not living with real people that understand and look at America the same way. The easiest way to say is New Jersey, which is just across the river, that's like hillbillies and hicks. They, they don't understand anything until they get to Los Angeles. They don't get it. And they put everything in one bucket. They don't get it. We get it. And the people in Los Angeles get it. The people on the coasts, everybody else is disposable. They don't add anything to our lives. What? We, we can do whatever we want here. We have everything we want here. What else matters? I mean, God forbid we do anything to London or, or Paris except get rid of some of the riffraff because those are places we like to go to vacation at. This these this poll is absolutely stunning to me. So now take what you know again. Let me just tell you again that they approve of Joe Biden by about 83%. Um 83% are, are getting better in their in their finances. Uh they support by 77 and 89 percent of the super elites support the strict rationing of meat, gas and electricity. 81 would ban the use of gas-powered cars. 70% would Amer- would uh, prevent Americans from engaging in non-essential air travel and 55% believe the government affords America too much freedom. With that in mind, now let me tell you about Davos. Davos is putting together an exclusion list, a list that they're creating to demonize sources of sharing so-called disinformation. Now, what exactly is disinformation? Well, disinformation is real. It is the, it is the intent of the author to um, lie to the group of people, to get them to believe something that isn't true. That's disinformation. It's intentional. Misinformation is not intentional. Okay? But now they have exclusion lists to demonetize, which means getting rid of all advertising, uh, even banking access, anybody who is sharing so-called disinformation. The president and CEO of Internews, uh, inter uh, an international nonprofit that provides support to independent media outlets in more than 100 countries addressing how to prevent the spread of what they consider inaccurate information. They talked and uh, did a, um, a talk at the um, Davos conference panel, and the panel was called Defending Truth. Global trust in institutions is eroding, reflected in how 40 percent of people consistently trust news, empowering Internet users with media information literacy, advancing in uh, information integrity and enhancing transparency. It's vital for addressing the spread of false information. So the question was, what actions do stakeholders need to take to preserve a healthy trust? uh ecosystem now remember we're not talking shareholders anymore because that's you we're talking stakeholders those are the elected officials the ceo of companies the boards of directors and the politicians the global elite oh i i forgot also the university systems those are the stakeholders you don't have a vote Your vote is when you pick one of these politicians. That's your voice. Now, they said the most effective way to keep people from being exposed to so-called inaccurate information is to develop a list or guides for advertisers that tell them where to and where not to spend. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Media Matters used to do this, and all of these lefty organizations They do it because they threaten boycotts. They say, oh, if you're not with us, then you're against us. If you're with them, then you're our enemy. If you decide that their audience is worth your time and money, we know that those people are all deplorables. We know who they are, the unwashed masses. So if you want those people as customers, then we're against you. Now they are going to the global elites and the and the governments, and they are now saying to these stakeholders that you don't want to advertise there. The governments are giving people permission to be able to debank, so they put pressure on it and say, you know, this this person spending a lot of time spend is saying things that just aren't true. Like I don't know the jabs may have not been the best of ideas. You can't bank with those. And if they go to the advertisers and say, you got to drop your commercials from that show, they'll be debanked. If they don't, you see how this blackmail works. Now, listen to this. Disinformation makes money and we need to follow that money. And we need to work with in particular, the global advertising community. Those dollars are going to pretty bad content, so you can work really hard on exclusion lists or inclusion lists, but just focus on their ad dollars going to good news and information, the accurate and relevant news and information. I'm going to continue this and show you what is coming uh, in just a second. First, let me pause for just a moment and tell you about preborn. I was uh, speaking at uh, the Preborn uh, fundraiser. This is the first fundraising dinner they've they've ever done. I was honored to uh, be asked to speak there. Um they have their job cut out for them, but the thing I really like about Preborn is they are saving not just the babies that are being sacrificed uh on the altar of God only knows child sacrifice um but they're also saving the moms one woman was telling a story about how she was working in a clinic and a woman came in she said i've already had four abortions i know i'm going to hell so i'm just gonna have another one and the nurse looked at her and said honey you're not going to hell uh i've had abortions myself and i've turned my life over and i know where i'm going and you can too This woman not only saved the baby, um, but she then went and saved herself by asking for forgiveness, and she's become a great, great, faithful Christian. That's what these people do. They're not just saving one life or one soul. They're saving both the mom and the baby and reconciling them with truth So they can be healthy and productive and they don't just abandon. Okay, good. You got, you didn't get the abortion. Bye bye. Now they, they actually are with the mom to help on all of the things that she might need in the first couple of years. It's amazing. You can be a part of it. For $28, that's the cost of a dinner, you can sponsor a free ultrasound to introduce the mom to her baby for the very first time. 100% of your donation goes towards saving babies. Will you help? Pound 250, say the keyword baby. Pound 250, keyword baby. Or you can donate securely online at preborn.com slash beck. That's preborn.com slash beck. Sponsored by Preborn. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, so here's what uh, Internews does. They train journalists and digital rights activists. Uh, They tackle disinformation and offer business expertise to help media outlets become financially sustainable. Look at the incentives. The organization aims to eliminate disinformation designed to manipulate elections, distort public debate, incite violence or undermine public health. All of these things are good and noble causes. We just don't agree on what's true or not, what the public health is. I think by pointing out, hey, um, you know, the testing of that jab, it's not what they say it is. Hey i think it actually came from a lab that we helped fund in china i believe that's the truth asking questions only leads you closer to the truth they think that's disinformation this is a they say a national and global security threat this year because of the elections You need to shore up your credibility with everybody you know. You need to get rid of all of the things in your life that you might have done wrong or are doing wrong, get them out into the open, clean them all up, make amends where you can so you don't have anything to fear. Then you need to start speaking out, but you need to be well-researched. You're smart enough to figure things out. You don't immediately sign on to things that you're like, oh my gosh, here's the silver bullet, and it's exactly the answer I was looking for. Be cautious of those things. Do extra research. You know, the things I tell you, I always, I really want to be wrong. I really want to be wrong on these things. I hope that I am. But one thing that disinformation uh the real purveyors of disinformation do will say don't ask any questions you can't ask that question you just accept this you should ask questions of not only people you agree with but people you disagree with you should ask questions to the deepest questions of yourself because if you stop asking and talking to people who differ with you then you grow arrogant and you become just like those people. You become so arrogant. I have nothing to learn from you. You're just a moron. You're beneath me. Did you go to Harvard? I did. No, I didn't. And that's why I'm still asking questions. You should always ask questions and people who tell you not to, just to trust them, run from them. And don't become like them. Glenn Beck. I have another question. Uh, You know, it's really interesting. Um, There's a medical society that's fighting this, too. We'll talk about that coming up in just a second. First, uh, let me tell you about the Burna launcher berna is this great i mean it looks like a gun they call it a launcher because it's not technically a gun but it it launches um kinetic rounds that at 60 feet man it it will hurt um but also you put a couple of kinetic rounds in it and then the third round is tear gas not pepper spray tear gas and it um incapacitates anybody who's a potential attacker or anything else a bad guy for about 40 minutes they're not going anywhere for 40 minutes now you can have this for self-defense there are no background checks required there are no permits it's legal in all 50 states it can be used by anybody over 18 and it is a powerful powerful deterrent it doesn't replace a gun but it it makes it a lot easier to pull that launcher and stop the bad guys without killing them com slash Glenn, dot slash Glenn. Go there now. Tomorrow, I want to get into uh, the APA, the American Psychological Association. Why is it they have an entire page to misinformation, dedicated to misinformation, and how the psychiatrists and psychologists can handle disinformation and uh, and make sure they're stopping it in their own community? Are Are you really? Really? See, this is the problem. When people make mistakes, they need to admit to it. They just need to admit to it. It would do Donald Trump a great service if he said, you know what? I believed Fauci. Shouldn't have. Shouldn't have. Uh, I went against my better instincts. My instincts are always wrong. I said it would be over by Easter, and I listened and was duped, and that's bad. Okay. All right. Just say it. You know, sometimes I don't listen to my instincts, and I, I should. That would go a long, long way. Uh, for a lot of people because arrogance is what is killing us tomorrow we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the medical mis and disinformation on the program also as we deal with the uh, the vote tomorrow in new hampshire we have Stu here who's going to give us an update on how things are standing right now in new hampshire
1: Yeah. I mean, there's two worlds. Basically, we covered this on the state of the race podcast, which is a free uh, bonus pod we have on the students America feed. Encourage you to subscribe to that. But basically, if you're looking at New Hampshire, we have two separating worlds. Okay. You have the consensus polling world, which shows Donald Trump with a relatively comfortable lead. Uh, It is uh, low double digits, if you want to summarize it um the there's a one poll that's doing a tracking poll releasing regular results the uh, suffolk poll which has trump up by 19 points uh you have a lot of 10s and 12s and 14s in that general vicinity and most polling agrees with that view where donald trump has a lead it's a competitive state like it wouldn't be completely stunning to see this thing be close but trump has a relatively comfortable lead in new hampshire the other world, if, if, you want to, if you're a Haley supporter, I know you mentioned an anonymous Haley supporter that works in this building, Glenn, <laughs> earlier on the program. If you happen to be that person yes. who is so anonymous, he continually wears Nikki Haley t-shirts to work. Right. If you're that person, the, what you want to adopt as the actual world is the world from the American research group. This is one set of pollsters, uh, one pollster who has been doing a set of polls uh, in different states and has focused on New Hampshire regularly over the past month or so. They have continually polled this race as being very, very close. Had it at a four-point race in the end of December and actually had a poll earlier this month that had it at a 40-40 to tie in New Hampshire. Their latest poll came out just uh, yesterday and has... Trump at forty-six and Haley at forty-four. Again, over and over again, they've seen this poll as uh, this state is much much closer than everybody else has seen it. Do You know anything about them or their methodology? They're a mid-level pollster as far as the the you know the people who rank these pollsters for quality. They have they're in the middle of the pack. I think it was a C plus from five thirty-eight. Okay, uh, so not necessarily super Republican. Not necessarily seen as a hardcore partisan polling group we've seen some mm-hmm. of these people in the past that always have good results for one side or the other but for whatever reason they're seeing New Hampshire as completely different it, my belief is that they are not correct in that analysis and that in, in actuality Trump has a significant lead in the polls there um, and probably will wind up winning um, especially with you know DeSantis dropping out in, this, in the American Research Group poll, for example, DeSantis had 6% of the vote, but this is before he drops out. Obviously, most of those votes will not go to DeSantis now, and my guess is most of them go to Donald Trump. He endorsed Donald Trump on his way out. He's, his, uh, you know, his affiliations and his group of voters are much more aligned with Donald Trump than Nikki Haley, so that could hurt her a little bit more uh, if she's already, she's already in a, a lot of trouble there. If she can finish, if she can be surprisingly close in New Hampshire, does she have a path to South Carolina? I think she would argue the answer to that is yes. But again, you know, and this being her home state, she is showing up there. She's been around yeah, in the mid-20s in polling in South
0: Carolina, but that's way the, behind Donald Trump. The, the thing that I hear about South Carolina is, quote, we really like Nikki Haley, but we love Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the difference. She's going to do well. It's her home state. And people generally like her, but they love Donald Trump. So what is, remember the, um, the polling group that was the one that really got it right in 2016? They came back, have a totally different methodology. Trafalgar. Uh, Trafalgar. Yes. What are they saying about this?
1: Trafalgar has not had a poll of New Hampshire since early December. Uh, their last poll had Trump up big, forty-five to eighteen. Chris Christie at fourteen, DeSantis eleven, Ramaswamy ten. Obviously, so much has changed; it's hard to so really much take much changed. out of that. It was December ninth to eleventh. So Did they
0: have what was the latest? What was the last they took in uh, Iowa? And have they seen South Carolina yet? Yeah. It's a good question. I don't know off the top of my head. I can uh,
1: see if I can dig that up here. quickly. Just have it for, for tomorrow. Maybe we
0: can get okay. the head of Trafalgar on tomorrow. Trafalgar did thinks.
1: do a, a poll late and lined up with pretty much everybody else. Uh, they had uh, Trump 52, DeSantis 19, Haley 19. Uh, again, the polling was pretty good in pretty Iowa. Good. I, you pretty know, good. a lot of people, again, everyone likes to complain about the polls, but they were actually pretty accurate in Iowa and pretty much nailed the result. They, now, they, the average polling result had Haley a little bit ahead of DeSantis, and that wound up flipping by a couple of points.
0: But generally speaking, right. they were right in the, in the ballpark on It's Iowa. all within the mar- margin of error. Yeah, you totally. Have, you're that close. And you, I mean, you can flip them within the margin of error. Yep. Um, and nothing from Trafalgar on South Carolina. Uh, again, I don't know. I guess, you know remember, yeah. one thing about South Carolina is that I believe a full month
1: after New Hampshire, which is tomorrow, by the way, so you have a month of a gap there. The polling is not going to be all that uh, viable, but it is uh, the South Carolina polls overall have shown a substantial lead for Donald Trump, but a pretty strong, a decent showing for New Hampshire uh, for uh, Haley, a sixty percent for Trump, twenty five percent for Haley. Again, she could probably continue and pull that type of split off in all of these states going forward where the anti-trump vote would all just vote for haley and that would get her some delegates she would have some voice if she wanted to continue that and I, i'm sure that's going to be at some point tempting considering all of trump's legal issues uh one other thing from this new hampshire poll which i found interesting glenn this is one that came out today from washington post in monmouth had uh donald trump out in front significantly showing pr- pretty consistently consistent results with other polling there I think, I think maybe 14 or 16 points he was up but it goes back to the fundamental question of this campaign that no other candidate was able to answer and you have a situation once again where a defining question of this par- primary is do you believe 2020 was stolen or do you believe 2020 was a normal election in some way fair and square election they asked this question again in this primary And it shows, I think, part of the weakness uh, and the struggles Ron DeSantis had here, which is DeSantis is trying to go for some of these voters who are also who also like Donald Trump. And the question is, do you think it was a fraud or do you think it was fair
0: and square? Well, about two thirds. Hang on just a Mm second. Give me the results of this because there's. You've had a theory on this for a while, and I think it's worth exploring, but I don't want to cheat you on time. So let me okay. take a quick uh, break. Relief factor. Terry wrote in about his experience with relief factor. It says, I struggled with pain for quite a while from my lower back up, down my legs. I heard about relief factor, decided to give it a try. couple weeks in, I was pain-free. It is incredible to me how many people I've told about relief factor. It just made such a huge difference in my life. And I think it could help others. So I tell them, thank you, thank you, thank you for telling me about Relief Factor. Relief Factor is a daily supplement that helps your body fight that pain by fighting inflammation in your body. 100% drug-free, developed by doctors to help reduce or eliminate pain. 70% of the people who try their Quick Start Go on to order more month after month. So see how Relief Factor can help you. Nineteen ninety five comes with Relief Factor's Feel Better or Your Money-Back Guarantee. So give it a try. Visit relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. 800, the number 4-RELIEF. When you feel the difference, you'll know it works. relieffactor.com.
1: Get even more Glenn. Subscribe to the Glenn Beck Podcast anywhere podcasts are found.
0: This is... Is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Tomorrow is the uh, New Hampshire primary, and then a month after that, we will go to South Carolina and uh, hear the voices of the people in South Carolina. Stu's been talking um, about uh, some numbers that he's been seeing in polls that uh, he thinks are are not telling the whole story or the people interpreting them are not telling the whole story, Stu. Yeah, I mean, this is just sort of a theory. I mean,
1: as Ron DeSantis drops out, you think about how he could have done better, right? Like the question, we and we talked about this at hour one, was there any path to, to really winning in this environment with Trump being indicted? And I think Trump... Trump's indictment really accelerated this. You can see it straight out in the polls where he's pretty competitive until about March. And then when this endorsement happens or these indictments happen, almost an endorsement, a reverse endorsement from the media, Mm. you know, DeSantis falls and Trump rises. It's it's pretty clear right around that time. Um, But one of the things that I think fundamentally sets this up is really difficult for anyone challenging Donald Trump. Is the idea that conservatives generally speaking want some sort of justice they want they value justice as one of the primary things, and if they believe that this two thousand and twenty election was stolen from Donald Trump and given to Joe Biden through fraud, they are much more likely to vote for donald trump and so the question kind of boils down to these lines now this is in a new, a new poll out in New Hampshire from Washington post and Monmouth, and in this in New Hampshire about fifty one percent of the voters. That are voting in this primary think 2020 was decided by fraud. About 42% said it was fair and square. Now, that's out of line with other states. Iowa was about 66 to 30 on that question. More people believed it was fraud. But what's interesting is what's behind that number. If you believe fraud was the cause here, 82% of those voters go to Donald Trump and 8% go to Ron DeSantis. Only 6% go to Nikki Haley. But you see how like Ron DeSantis where is he going to get these voters from? He has to get them from the same pool that believe that uh, that this, the election was stolen. He loses that to Trump 82 to eight. Now, if you go with the people that believe the election was decided fair and square, Nikki Haley wins that by a large margin. What's fascinating about it, though, is Ron Sanders doesn't even finish second in that question. Nikki Haley, 71%, Donald Trump, 14%. Ron DeSantis, 6%. So, taking out what you believe actually happened here, just go straight political strategy. Throw out what's true and what's not. None of these politicians care about that anyway. If you wanted to beat Donald Trump in the Republican primary, the only way to do it was to convince people that 2020 was not stolen. There really isn't a path for you to beat Donald Trump if the electorate believes that the election was stolen. They will look at this and say, wait a minute, this is unfair. This opportunity was taken from him mm-hmm. and therefore he deserves another chance at it. It's his election. He should be president right now. And whether you believe that or not isn't the point. The The way that Republicans generally handed the, handled this was to either completely agree with Donald Trump and say, yes, it was stolen or the sort of soft agreement you saw from a lot of these candidates. Well, look, you know, there were a lot of things that were shady about this election and lots of problems and i don't know you know who knows what happened and just strategically that allowed the population of the voters to say well look you know there's not much disagreement on this right it's either right. stolen or there's a lot of shenanigans but we don't know if it was exactly stolen probably the only way to unseat donald trump in this primary was an early attack on that number and try to convince people which i think would be a real long shot and very difficult to do but to convince people that actually know this wasn't stolen donald trump just lost and if if that if that could somehow have worked you have a chance at least to beat him but the question is was that even possible my argument would probably be it wasn't possible Uh, But if you wanted to make that happen, you had to do it early and consistently. And Republicans never seem to have any appetite for that.
0: See, I I don't think that uh, I don't think I would vote for somebody who said, no, it was all on the up and up. And I don't and I'm not one that believes that Donald Trump uh, lost uh, absolutely positively was stolen from him. Mm -hmm. I am in the middle. I don't know. And what bothers me is that nobody seems to want to know the answer to that question. Um, we should be doing everything we can as a nation to secure our 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 vote and to make sure that it's sure. all on the up and up. And I'm not sure. I think there were things that happened that were very very bad. Was it enough to give it to Donald or to give it to Joe Biden? I don't know because we didn't ever have, I think, an honest, thorough accounting of everything. Yeah. Um, So I, I don't, I don't like the absolute position of, uh, of either side. But what is interesting is what you said about, uh, loyalty. Loyalty is very important. This is Jonathan Haidt stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, loyalty is very, very important to conservatives. They value loyalty almost above almost everything else. Um, And when you look at loyalty um, uh, and you're, you're giving Donald Trump a second try because he's been loyal to you and you think he's been wrong. The sense of justice and loyalty are absolutely unbeatable for Republicans um, those are the two, yeah. t- the two strongest things that go on, and the Democrats don't have that. And that's why you didn't see Al Gore, in, them insisting that Al Gore run again in 2004. He was just done because the loyalty and the um, search for uh, the justice for the underdog doesn't root itself in the same way as it does with conservatives.
1: Yeah, Hillary Clinton as well in 2016. Yeah. They all believed yeah. that one was stolen or it was unjust and they didn't demand for her to run in 2020. Um yeah, no, I think I think what you're saying is true, Glenn. Where you know, my my only point on this analysis is just from a strategic standpoint, you you put yourself in a position where you can't win. I don't know that it would have worked by any means. I think it would have been uphill. But you can't win in this circumstance. It's like, you know, you're a college team. You're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs and we're arguing about, well, you should have called more run plays. It's like, well, maybe that would have helped with the DeSantis campaign. But the fundamentals of this were really difficult from the beginning. And I don't think it was overcomeable or able to be overcome in the way that it, it turned out. The Glenn Beck Program.